I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy. Well, you may be listening to this on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Saturday, (laughs) so whatever day it is, happy day. Um, You guys are in for another fabulous treat. As I talked about last week, we talked about shame with my dear friend and therapist, Janice Gant, and today we talk about ego, but before we tackle this incredibly... (laughs) I mean, I can't even imagine what I'm about to learn today. I'm so excited. No pressure there. (laughs) I'm counting on you. (laughs) Please don't. Um, That's why I have guests, so that that the experts can teach us everything we need to know. But before we go down that road, um, I just want to thank Dave and Taylor Nichols again from Austin for sponsoring yet another episode of The Remedy. I am so grateful to everyone who uh, sponsors an episode because without you and your continued support, Kevin would not get paid and then... Yes, I, I thank you from both of us. I would get fired and <laughs> <laughs> and so thank you, thank you, thank you for making another um, episode possible and if you are interested in sponsoring an episode of The Remedy, all you have to do is go to tovacito.com, click on The Remedy, click on Make a Contribution, and you can make a donation of any amount. Um, we've had very small amounts to very large amounts, and whatever the amount, it doesn't matter. We just are appreciative of your contribution and your continued encouragement and support of this great adventure we are on all together. So... Fan favorite, Janice Gant, is back in the house today, and we are so grateful that you are here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I like being here. It's so much fun. It is so much fun. It is. It really is. (laughs) Well, we try to make it a lot of fun. We try to make it easy. Keep saying that (laughs) for all the people. You make it so easy, Tova. (laughs) (laughs) For all the people who are nervous about coming on a podcast. Oh, no. You make it really, Tova, you make it so easy. You're really gifted at this, and... Making ever making me feel comfortable, and I know you do everyone else, and asking really good questions. It's it's really a pretty easy thing to do. Well, well, when you're smart and gifted <laughs> like you, it's it's a it makes it even that much more fabulous. And and you always teach all of us so much. And Kevin especially appreciates it because. It's free therapy. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys think I'm over here working on stuff, but I'm just listening. <laughs> I know. I saw you taking notes earlier. <laughs> okay, I get a lot of good stuff from the show. <laughs> I know. It's really good. It's actually really good. Okay, so today we're going to talk about something that I feel like um, I know a little bit about, but I don't know a ton about, but I want to know a whole lot more about, and that is ego, uh, It's which is... It's, a, it's such a small word. It is. <laughs> Three it's letters. It's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> Three letters that, right. that carry a lot of weight. And so let's start out by just defining it. Um, in your opinion, mm-hmm. Janice, mm-hmm. What, what, is, what is our ego? I think our ego is the part of ourself that 
gets lost in our physical being or our thinking. I think that it is an active illusion Mm. that we learn to develop early on and we hold on to it with clenched hands because we're so afraid that if we lose our ego or our, some people ascribe the definition a sense of self, Mm -hmm. but I don't really think that that's what an ego is. I think that it is a part of us that edges, I like the acronym for ego, edging God out, Mm -hmm. that it is a part of us that separates ourself from our divinity. Mm. From, From our original creation. Right. From, is that what you mean? Yes, from okay. our from our I believe that we are divinely created, mm-hmm. each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that living in the recognition of that in our God consciousness mm-hmm. is is what we were meant to do. Mm-hmm. And I think the ego is the part of us that gets concerned with the now instead of being so being in the world as mm-hmm. opposed to the recognition of our spiritual selves mm-hmm. it's it's complicated because we are we do have bodies mm-hmm. we are an incarnation i believe of spiritual energy mm-hmm. And so is everybody else. So whatever I ascribe to myself, I'm going to ascribe to my fellow man. Mm. And so, and yet, because of our humanness, we were created to have that part as well. Mm. I think that what we what we forget about is the eternity of our being. And I think that the ego is what kind of keeps us from being comfortable in that eternity of our being. Does that make sense? Okay, when you say eternity, what what does that mean to you? To me, it means that I came into the world as a spiritual being, having a human experience, mm-hmm. and that I will leave the world as I go back into my spiritual body. Mm-hmm. So I think that my spiritual body is innate in my physical body, but it is a transition. That's why I like to think about when people die, Mm -hmm. that they simply transition Mm -hmm. back to their original spiritual self. I remember when you, (laughs) uh, I I know you know what Mm -hmm. I'm about to say, but you, I I was doing a funeral for someone. I think I was supposed to meet you Uh and I had to cancel because I was I was doing a funeral. I said, I, I told you I, I need to, I'm going to a funeral. And you were like, when did your friend transition? Uh-huh. And I, it, it wasn't even a friend. I was officiating uh-huh. the service of a funeral, but I'd never heard that word. And I liked it so much. And I remember texting you, thank you mm-hmm. for that beautiful word, because that the word died is, is, is finite. It's right. over. It if, is. When something is dead, it's not alive. Right. And, and I think it's that when not someone, true about us. Right. And then when someone passes away, I don't like that either because mm-hmm. then it's like they're gone, mm-hmm. which I don't 
I don't believe that either. No, Our spiritual either. At all. body mm-hmm. transitions back to its original form mm-hmm. and leaves our human body mm-hmm. and maybe you know I, I like to think about my mom and dad being around me a lot mm-hmm. you know so that and because they passed away and you believe they, their spirits yeah, they've all transitioned mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. they, you a quick question yeah Jane? sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no, guys no. so you're saying that when you pass away you're not transitioning to a brand new plane you're sort of reverting back to where your original where you came from originally right well I'm not so sure that we aren't we don't come back another time. I think that I think that mm. we came from a spiritual plane. I mean, you know, who the heck knows? Right. <laughs> this is just, where we go. I'm very interested in this. Stuff. This is just what I think. <laughs> you know, some of it I've read, some of it I've made up. So <laughs> there's no authority here. I can tell you that. Well, I love because people I who believe in what they yet. feel rather than well, what they were yes. told. So I think Nobody that's very interesting. Knows. Right. Nobody well, knows. I remember as a little girl sitting in the Baptist church, and every you know. There, when I, we, I remember when my grandmother transitioned, and I remember the wailing and the the incredible sadness. And I, and I, I too was so sad that I didn't realize the the fault. What I believe is a falsity of how it was presented. You know that that she was going to be in that box. And they were going to bury her, and that was the end of her. Mm-hmm. And I and I didn't. Heaven didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I wasn't sure exactly where that was. And because of being raised in the Baptist church and thinking that if people didn't believe exactly what I was believing, that they were not going to go to this heaven, that they were going to go to hell and burn for eternity. And I know there are probably people listening who are not going to agree with me, and that's so okay. But I don't believe that anymore. I don't. I just that doesn't that's so incongruent with a loving God and the spiritual mm-hmm. goodness of life. So if life is good, then death or transition has to be the same goodness. It's just different. But I believe that our spirit is incarnated. We live our life and then we tra- our spirit transitions out of our human body back into their spiritual self and then I don't know. <laughs> it would be as possible to me to come back a second time sure. as it would the first. I have some ideas. of I might want to be on Broadway the second time. <laughs> I've always thought I wanted to do it, and it's not working out. But, you know, but I do believe in that tra- that whole transition sort of feeling. And, um, you know, so that's just, that's my idea of it. Well, I love, I love I mean, I agree with you. I, who knows right. how it looks or where where it is? But I I don't believe this life is it. Right. I just right. Me neither. Don't believe this life is it at all. Um, I I know that both of us, because we've had people that we love pass away, have deeply felt the presence of people who've passed on. Whether I mean, I know for you, your mom and dad mm-hmm. and for me my mom my mm-hmm. children it is it is those feelings are undeniable they're the, undeniable yeah do, do you think that regardless of your spiritual strength there's a time for everyone though no matter how fleeting that when someone passes away you feel a sense of oh god i'm never going to see this person again for you know maybe just a second or absolutely our our ego that would be the ego 
acting out mm. their experience in that transition. Mm. You know, because that makes we, sense. Yeah, you're, we are, you're circling it around you. Yeah, we're all we're always we're always wrestling to a certain extent. I think with our spiritual self and our human self or that has the ego. You know, now I think that sometimes we confuse ego with um people's self will. And I think that because I mean, if they're the same, then everybody has I mean, my ego is what gets me up on that definition, gets me up and gets me to work. But I but that's really that human part of me and that desire to be able to help people sure. and to make money and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's always a little bit of a human struggle mm-hmm. with that 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 ego self with the spiritual self, which are there's no differential. It's the same thing, but it's the human mind, it's just I think. Perception. Mm-hmm. And the human mind is time fixed. Mm. You know, we are in we are either most of us spend most of our time either in the future or in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas our, our spiritual being is is here right now. Mm-hmm. And so that ego is what edges God out or that awareness mm-hmm. of God to where we don't live life to the fullest in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 66, and so I have become more aware of this um, really – when I turned 60, I started thinking, okay, there's an end to this life mm-hmm. as I know it. And and it's not. And then when I turned 65, I'm like, okay, so 20 years, I'd be 85. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully I will live to be 85 in this body and, you know, hopefully 105, but I don't know. So if I think, okay, well, 85, 20 years is, that's not very long. Right. You know, and so then I started becoming more and more focused on being in the now. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I turned 66, I told my husband and my family, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes to everything I could possibly want to do this year. Mm-hmm. And I really have. Uh, and it's been, it's been really fun, mm-hmm. you know, because I am aware of that time that will come in the future but if I'm thinking about the past or I'm thinking about that time, then I'm missing the now. Mm-hmm. And this now right here with you two is the only real thing I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that when I'm in that spiritual body, then I'm not experiencing the ego. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the, the pain body that people talk about, Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. I think it's Tolle. Uh, I'm not sure. But... Um, is about the what I it's really the same thing that I call the wounded child. Mm-hmm. It's the the part of our the part of us that still carry the emotions and the experiences of our child. So that's why we act out of that pain body. Eckhart was uh, got really suicidal at one time, and it was the awareness of his pain body that kind of pulled him out of that. Because when we act out of our woundedness or our pain body, we're not in the now and we're not in our adult self. Mm -hmm. So emotion is energy emotion. And if it's not, if we don't experience it as children, 
watching our adults contain their emotion and speaking about it, but not spewing it out into our environment, then if they're spewing it, we will absorb it. Children are emotional sponges, so we will suck it in and then we'll carry it around with us for a long, long time. That's what panic attacks are always about, about a re-experience of a pain experience. Mm. You know, so one of the things that I do with people with really severe anxiety is go back and go to their family of origin stuff. If they haven't had a post-traumatic experience, you know, I mean, if they if they haven't had an extremely traumatic experience and they're not experiencing some PTSD from that, then they're experiencing some PTSD from childhood. Mm-hmm. And so that's that pain body, mm-hmm. you know. And so the recognition of that and the ability to let it dissipate is what will keep us back in our spiritual selves. So uh, to your point, Eckhart Tolle, I've, I've, read, I've read a couple of his books, and I mm-hmm. really find him so incredibly fascinating. So fascinating. I mean, I, I, was, I was listening to a podcast with him recently, and uh, the interviewer asked him, do you have any ego? And he said, no, I have no ego. And... I mean, to me, that is just mind-boggling because I don't, I don't know of anyone who can truly live without an ego. And, and it was so interesting because they asked him, like, so is it, how would you define ego? And, and he said, you know, well, a lot of people think it's like, oh, that guy has such a big ego. And so he's... That word means you're so full of yourself, and right. you have this inflated, uh, yeah, sense of value. Sense of value, yep. and 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 he said, but it's it's just not. That's not the only part. He's like, there's this shadow side mm-hmm. of an ego that says I'm not worthy. I'm not. I'm afraid. I can't. I won't. I. Um, it's all the shame, like mm-hmm. we talked about last week, which mm-hmm. I think you know. That's why I thought this would be such a easy transition to talk about um, ego right after shame because it's not just this inflated view of yourself. It's also a deflated view of yourself. So it's taking on all of these outside influences that tell us that we either are too much, Mm -hmm. that we're either more than we actually are or we're less than we well and if are. we're telling us if we're telling ourselves that we're more than what we naturally are that's just a cover up a way to pull ourselves up out of actually thinking we're less than mm. when i know mm, that's really good my value then i don't need to be better than and i won't be less than mm. so it's a it's a pulling out and mm. rather than pulling out over others is going to give us the illusion that we're better. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is when we find ourselves shrinking or when we're in shame and we're in that lower part is just to pull ourselves up into the truth Mm -hmm. that I'm no less than and no better than. So rather than pulling over Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. You have, you have taught, I remember like, I remember listening and learning this concept from you and it was from, it was somebody who had hurt me and uh-huh. I came to you to talk about it uh-huh. and uh, this person had hurt me and I was like, you know, I don't want that. You know, I'm so much better than that. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like you, you put the brakes on me rising above mm-hmm. this other human that, you know, I was like, I, 
I don't need to put up with that. I'm better than that. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, no, you're just different. Uh-huh. You're just different than that. You're mm-hmm. not better. So the only reason, and you taught me, and you used your hands, and I remember, <laughs> uh, you know, the visual of you saying, if you put yourself above this human being, it's actually because you feel less than. Mm-hmm. And so you are, mm-hmm. you are telling yourself you're above this person because because he made you feel less than and and out of your fear and shame mm-hmm. and hurt you are mm-hmm. you are inflating yourself to be above him and nobody nobody's better or less than in this situation mm-hmm. it's just you're different mm-hmm. and so just just be different well and that's that's where self-righteous indignation comes from which from- i can really struggle with and being judgmental of others and I remember when I was working at Timberlawn there was a nurse that um, was working on our floor and she was just she talked about everybody and ran them down and blah 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 and one day I was talking to my boss who was just such a cool guy and I was like, yeah, and, you know, she's talking about everybody to other people and just running them down, and she's so unkind. And he just kind of looked at me <laughs> with just this kind of silent, not judgmental, but knowing. And I was like, oh, I'm doing exactly <laughs> what she was doing. And he just smiled and said, maybe and walked out of the room but i really learned that that really you know good. i i i realized it, it it's it's why if we if we hate the haters we're haters mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if we are them mm-hmm. and if we mm-hmm. judge we if if i judge people for you know doing something that I don't like, then I'm them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and it, and if, it, if I'm not directly hurting them, then I'm absolutely directly hurting myself, For sure. you know, so I really try very hard not to allow myself to go there, mm-hmm. not because I'm a great person, but because I don't want to do that to myself, yeah. Yeah. and everybody's different. And if we can say, you know, well, they're just different. They just think differently. Yeah. I think in this political environment, you know, right now, people get really hung up in all of this, and there's a lot of judgment and blah, blah, blah going on. And what what I, what I try to do with all of that, it's why I don't watch the news or – I think I've talked about that yeah. before, haven't I? I either. Yep, and I'm the same I, way. Um, yeah, I don't because I find myself losing myself. My my inner self, my spiritual self evaporates mm. because then I get scared. Mm. And if I'm feeling fear, I'm not in my spiritual self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to for sure. But I like to think I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wave at it, but I don't want to dance with it yeah. too long. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me, Janice, how, because Eckhart Tolle has said the same thing that you just did about how, um, ego has so much to do with the past uh-huh. and so much with the future. So uh-huh. we're, whether it's, we feel shame or bad or inflated about our past right. or fearful, um, anxiety, whatever it is about our future. 
And he says that the answer to to letting go of the ego is to just be fully present. Right. And so how can you explain that to us like how how does being right here in this moment being fully present how does how does that because i feel like if that's the answer then that's something we can all do right so so i mean it will we're not going to perfect it and it's no. going to take it's going to take <laughs> a, a lifetime while. yes then <laughs> we uh, uh. i'm sure we'll never get there but what is it about being fully present that allows the ego to to be go, quiet. Yeah, to be quiet. That's a good, a well, good way to say it. I think that when we are present, we are where our we are in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so remember that ego is a fear base, being in the past shame-based, being in the past, oh, I should have, oh, I should have, oh, I should have, rather than, you know, I could have done that, uh, but I didn't. So, okay, if it happens another time, I'll do it differently. Or being so out in the future where we're having a lot of fear. What, what's my financial situation going to be? How am I going to die? Where am I going to go? What about my kids, my children, and their future, and blah, 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 blah. So when we come back into this moment, which is the only thing we have, right? you know, there, that's why I always say there is no there, mm-hmm. because when I'm there, I'm here. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. no such thing as there. It's true. You know, and so the way I practice being in the now is breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh Sometimes I'll tell people, wiggle your toes. Mm -hmm. When you find yourself going in the past or looking towards the future, just wiggle your toes, Mm -hmm. and it'll bring you back to where your feet are, Mm -hmm. which will bring you back to the now. If I'm talking to somebody, I try to look in their eyes and concentrate about their eyes because it gives my kind of racing brain something to do. Mm, and it's it, it's being, um, our senses are a really good way to pull us into the now. What are you smelling? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Your breath, holding your breath, blowing your breath out, you know, what you're touching, what your, what your clothes feel like. And so it brings us back into our body, mm-hmm. which is then we're looking... When we're in our body, we can be aware of what's going on outside of us in this moment. Mm -hmm. But staying in this very moment, at least for me, is impossible. Mm -hmm. But I work towards it. I... um, I think I may have said this before on this show, but I... One of my biggest regrets as a mother was that I didn't spend enough time just being with my children mm. in the moment, like sitting on the floor with them, looking at, I mean, being mindful of how they looked and feeling them. And, you know, that was always busy trying to get them dressed or hurry up, mm-hmm. you're going to be late. Mm-hmm. Or Let's go, let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah, when are you going to crawl? When are you going to do this? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, we're so activity driven. And we, we, with our children, we're just trying to sign them up for a million different things rather than just hang out on the couch with them, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I just got back from Australia where my middle daughter lives, and she has four children. And I had so much fun 
she, Wesley was like, what do you want to do, Mom, while you're here? And I said, nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. I want to be with these children and be with you and Titus. <laughs> and it was so fun because I, having grandchildren has really brought me back into the now <laughs> because they're just so amazing. And I, I wish I had been able to do that better when I was a mom. But I could, I didn't. I think I did. I was just too busy. But, uh, but I think that that's a really important part of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I think that what's cool about Eckhart, and he, I believe that he truly is an enlightened mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. I think that there have been others. I think Jesus mm-hmm. was enlightened. I think the Buddha was enlightened. Mm-hmm. I think Lao was enlightened, mm-hmm. and I think that that those people created the space to be better at it. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're really, really busy, we don't create that space. I think that's why meditation is so good, mm-hmm. because we're creating that space. Of quiet and of presence. Just being present. Mm-hmm. Which we are so bad at. At. Nobody taught us how to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, we can. Yeah, I'm not can, trying to make anybody feel bad, but it's just, it's we just, just start, it, and it's anti our society. I mean, our society is go, 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 be, 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 do, 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 perform, 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 busy, 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 busy. I mean, I remember listening to a sermon one time where the pastor was talking about being present with the people that, that we love. And he was like, let me tell you something that's totally annoying. And he said, when I ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? And they say, oh, I'm just so busy. Like, oh, I'm so busy. Like, just so busy. I got the kids and and then they, you know, give you all the examples of why Uh they're so busy. Uh He was like, don't tell me that. Like, that is so annoying. (laughs) And because everybody's busy. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether and it doesn't matter what your life is it, it's it's not kids it's not work it's not it's just the environment the society that we have created and orchestrated as people puts value on busy right and and the busier you are the more value you have and and i think it just goes against um this whole idea of breath Mm-hmm. presence, mm-hmm. Um, intentionality. When people, I mean, I remember, um, I think I've shared this on this podcast before, but I read that book, Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, yeah, that's such a good it's book. It's such a good book. It's so sweet. But I read it probably in, two. I don't know when it was, yeah. but, but it was 2000, I want to say one, two, three, I don't know, somewhere around there. And I was um, a marketing executive at a, really well-known place here in Dallas. And I was very, very important. Uh, and <laughs> and the busier, and, the more important you must oh, be. Yes. <laughs> and I remember people would come into my office and I would be annoyed because they were interrupting me. Mm-hmm. And I was very busy mm-hmm. and I was very important. And so I did not hide how annoyed I was that you were talking to me. So I would be looking at my computer. I would be answering. I would answer a phone call if someone, oh, I'm sorry, I got to take this. I was never really, truly, ever present. And 
Maury kind of uh, gave, um, who's the author, the broadcaster? Anyway, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, can't, but whatever the broadcaster, he also believed that he was very important uh-huh. and very. And Maury said, "You gotta, you are not so busy, and you are not that important, and you, like, you have an inflated sense of yourself, uh-huh. and the only thing that really matters is that whoever's in front of you understands and knows that you are fully." present Mm -hmm. and that is the greatest gift that we can give all of all of our people and i think in a world where being i mean with our phones and technology and right i mean the tv all of it like i mean i when my kids get in the car i'm like phones up because otherwise they're not going to talk to me you know it's like we don't and, and and there's no space there's no space in our lives. There's no margin because you know when we used to when you and I were young and even in our 20s and we were meeting someone for dinner, if we beat them, we just sat. <laughs> right. We just <laughs> sat there <laughs> and waited. We did. I mean, we weren't but now there's TVs on every you know, corner of the restaurant and we have our phones and there's emails and there's Instagram and there's text messages and we can do a thousand things until the person shows up. Right. We don't, we, it's getting worse. Well, Being present is getting, is getting harder. Well, you know what's happening too? I think it's affecting, it so affects relationships because in, in couples that come in most of the time, they don't, you know, they're on their phones and their iPads. And one night, my husband said to me, you know, I'm talking to you and you're looking at your iPad. And I said, well, I'm listening. And he goes, no, I don't think you are. So I'm like, you know what, you're right. So I turned my iPad up and I've really been working it when he's talking to me to shut my iPad and actually actively listen. And when you're actively listening, then you will be in the present because you are mindfully leaving what you are doing and going to that person. And it makes a big difference because people feel heard and they feel connected. And that's going to give them that intimacy feeling into me, you see, and into you, I see, that couples really need. Mm -hmm. And with all of our technology, you're right, it's been it's made difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, Tova, another thing that I think is really cool for people to do is to spend time in a place where they feel really connected to the earth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I I think that there's nothing quite like doing that with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, on my way back from Australia, I went to Hawaii for three nights and spent some time writing on this next book, but I also spent time sitting on the beach, literally just looking at the ocean and Mm. being fully present with myself Mm. and, you know, by the pool or, you know, it's, I mean, it's probably easier for me to feel that spiritual connection in a really nice hotel. Right. (laughs) The sheets were were spiritual when I got (laughs) in there. They were great. (laughs) But it was was a really important time for me Mm -hmm. to be able to be there with me. Mm -hmm. I didn't get bored. I wasn't sad that no, I mean, I would have loved for one of my family members to be there, mm-hmm. but it, I, lo, I have learned 
that I can be so comfortable being just with myself. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is being fully connected mm-hmm. in the now. Mm-hmm. And I think that it probably has so much to do with you. When you have such an incredible sense of self, I think that you also, the outside voices about who you are and where Mm -hmm. your value comes from probably go away. Mm -hmm. When, you know, when I worked at the church, um, I remember my staff, like there were a couple people on my staff who were dear, dear friends and they sat me down and they were like, you, you have no margin. You have no space in your life. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, all you do, you're a runner. Like Mm -hmm. all you do is fill up every space of your day. Um, and you're usually late because you've overpacked. Um, and, and you need space for you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like the thought of it was so scary and and which is so hard to believe today because I cannot tell you how much I love to be alone Mm -hmm. um it's one of the few things that's amazing about being divorced is because when my kids leave for the night or the weekend to go be with their dad and I can just be home alone if you told me 10 15 years ago that I could do that I would have never believed you Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was running. Um, I didn't know how to be by myself. I didn't know how to breathe. I didn't know how to be fully present. I didn't know how valuable and and essential that because all my value came from outside sources. Right. And I was busy, and I had I had no time, and I had to meet with this person, and then this person, and this person, and all of that stuff gave me my value. My value mm-hmm. totally came from that. And, and because I did not have my own self-worth, being alone was really scary. Right. Because um, if I had to be alone, I had to think about being alone. <laughs> well, and you had to feel. I had to feel. You had to feel those feelings yeah. because we'll busy ourselves out of those feelings. Yeah. And, you know, I think that probably a lot of what happens there's a it's one of the gifts of uh getting older for for me is that i've realized that that i was such a human doing that i really wasn't a human being and so i couldn't be and when you look at scripture it says be still be still and know that i am god not be busy and you'll hear my voice, you know, yeah. it's that yeah. in the stillness of the night is when I am confronted with myself. For sure. And there's nothing to distract me from it. And if I'll allow myself to go into that relationship and maybe I do an inventory and think, okay, was I harmful to anyone today? Do I owe anyone an amends? Sometimes I'll go through the 12 steps mm-hmm. and use those in order to make sure that I've got my side of the street clean. Mm-hmm. And then I can just be comfortable being. Mm. And it's a real, it's such a gift. It is such a gift. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to be with friends and family. Oh, for sure. I want both, but but the, the ability to be with myself and be comfortable in my own skin, mm-hmm. to me, is the greatest gift I've ever, 
ever received. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest blessings that has that has transpired in my life over the last 10 years is just understanding that it's not the outside that that brings value to mm-hmm. me. It's me. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's just being. It's just like we talked about last week with with shame. Like I have value because I breathe. So when how early does this ego start? I mean, we're born without an ego, I would think. Well, because I don't, we don't I mean, well, how I, would we be well, born with I, it? So where how where does it come from? How does this thing how does this monster even develop? I, I think we're taught. Mm. You know, I think when you look at an infant, an infant is very much present. Mm-hmm. And when they're hungry, they scream mm-hmm. and when they you know, when they um, have a wet diaper, you're going to know about it. When they're tired, you're going to know about it. Mm-hmm. And then I think slowly with conditioning, we teach them to, you know, we we try to make them busy. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we in, we people in, enroll infants, and I'm not criticizing it, but the little bitty bitty kids in singing classes or you know, exercise classes or rather than or trying to teach them so much so early rather than just letting them play with the box or something, mm-hmm. some of those things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's all about moderation. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that when we, if, if we can teach our children that concept of moderation, I don't think you want to have nothing to do all the time, but I think you want to be moderately busy. Mm-hmm. I think you want to be involved in moderate activities. Mm-hmm. I think you want to have be with friends a moderate amount of the time, mm-hmm. work on play on your iPads moderately mm-hmm. and all of that. Then when there's that downtime, mm-hmm. then people can develop that capacity. But I think that I think we learn it very early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, once uh, I remember my mom saying, about my grandson when he was little uh she said uh owen is so full of himself and i and and she said we need to do something about that like that was a bad thing (laughs) and i was like oh no 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 oh no 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 Mm -hmm. he is i hope he remains full of himself Mm -hmm his entire life Mm -hmm. because if people can be full of themselves not better than Mm -hmm. that's not full of yourself Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. actually coming from that you know that emptiness so if we can develop that capacity to be full of myself and be enough Mm -hmm. for myself then we can be present with the people in our lives Mm -hmm. and that ego won't be so disruptive how do we do that how do we find that balance of being true to ourselves and taking care of ourselves and sort of being selfish in what we need and what we want and yet be a good wife or be a good husband or be a good mom or dad and, and coworker. And I mean, how do we, how do we find the balance of, of that? I think that, I think self care is first of all, really, really, really important. I think there's a, there's, um, an acronym for HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Whenever we feel 
ourselves kind of losing ourselves and getting anxious, mm. we check out and say, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? If you're it's hungry, really eat. If you're angry, you might want to talk about it with somebody. If you're lonely, call somebody or go to the mall. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, t- I had a client who was really, really depressed, and she said, I'm just so lonely. And I said, go to the mall. And just sit on the bench and look at people and say hi as they walk by, and you will connect, and that'll help. People really help us with loneliness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need, you know, we weren't created to be all alone right. all the time. Right. And then tired, if you're tired, you need to sleep. Mm-hmm. So that self-care and saying yes when we want to say yes and no when we want to say no more times than not. Yeah. Um, I think that is so underrated. I mean, especially as women, like we, we feel all this pressure to say yes, yes, yes. And because, because there's other women who are living in the houses next door to us who are doing more, doing even more than we want to do. And it looks like they're, they're pulling it off perfectly. So, so, and, and, and our, what we have to understand, and I think this is really important is our capacity is different as people like right. my do capacity is different than your do capacity. And, and like I have just uh, like as a parent, I have three kids who I'm a single mom. They are involved in everything. And when I, when I, when I first adopted them, I was going to be the mom that was going to be at everything. Uh-huh. I was going to be at everything. I was going to be on every sideline. I was going to be at every performance. I was going to, and then I was like, I can't, I am dying being at everything. Like this isn't fun. I'm not enjoying it. I'm exhausted. And, and then put work and leading Bible studies and speaking things and like things that I'm passionate about, right. you know, and now dating, like, like, okay. I, Tova has to have some margin like Tova. Tova's life has to have margin. I need to spend time with, I want to spend time with my boyfriend. I want to spend time with my friends. I want to do my podcast. I want to teach my Bible study. Like I want to work. These are things that are important to Tova. I want, for sure, want to be a good mom. But my, my definition of that may look different than the stay-at-home mom who's got all this margin and all this capacity to be at every, so I, at some point, I can't remember when it was, but it was been in the last couple of years. I was like, I'm not going to be at every game. That's good. I'm not going to be at every game because number one, I don't care about being at every game. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, that has nothing to do with how much I love my children. And I don't want them to think that if I'm not at a game or if I am at a game, that that is, says anything to do but but our society the society that i am in has created this idea that if you're on every sideline and every performance then you're a good parent right well that's like saying you're a really good christian if you sit in pews but let me tell you something i know a bunch of assholes who go to church every sunday (laughs) (laughs) you know so Uh like i my ego had to let that Uh go well you know and i think that a lot of times when we are actually practicing Mm self-care we will feel like we're being really selfish Mm -hmm. because we've been taught to die unto ourselves Mm -hmm. and we took that so literally that it meant that we say yes to everything Mm -hmm. and especially if it was a good cause or if it was i mean they're all good causes you know 
And so we, when you're, I tell women, especially if you're feeling selfish, you're probably doing it right. Mm -hmm. So keep on Mm -hmm. that track. That's good. Because we, we, we have to take care of ourselves. Yes. And you're modeling for your children. You're modeling for your sons about the expectations that they will have of their wives. And you're modeling for for your daughters mm-hmm. about the the expectations that they'll have for themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they see you saying, you know, I'm not going because I am just going to sit here, mm-hmm. then they're like, okay. I'm really tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I I uh, I believe that when we whatever we say yes to, we're also saying no to something else. It's true, and um, and I have learned that if if I am saying no to me, if I'm saying yes to something else, like I'll say yes to my children and no to a friend. That's uh-huh. fine. I'll say yes to a friend and no to my children. That's fine. But if I say yes, but I'm saying no to me, that usually doesn't work out very well Mm -hmm. because I'm going to resent probably wherever I am (laughs) and whatever I'm doing. And I'm not going to be fully there because I'm going to wish that I was Mm -hmm. where I Mm -hmm. wanted to be in in the beginning. So, you know, I say that if, uh, if we agree to do something, we've got to give up our right to have a resentment. So it helps us to be careful about that with which we say yes, so that we don't have to have that resentment. That's really good. You know, really good. Well, they, I feel I feel very inadequate talking about the ego, but I have to say I think that it's it's truly something that um, that I, as little as I know about it, I do believe that it has great power over mm-hmm. our lives and our joy and our abundance. I mean, the whole point of the remedy is to to create more margin for a happy, healthy, abundant life. And and I do believe that shame and ego, whether it's because of our past or an inflated view of ourselves or a, a less than view of ourselves, like we're not we're not living our best self. And yet that's what God created us to to do and be and become. And so like letting go of all of these outside voices and influences that either say we're better or more than than we are, which you and I can both get that because of how we help people. Sure. You know, people like, I mean, I tell you all the time, like my life has forever changed and better because of you. Well, that's a nice compliment, but Janice doesn't move up or down because of what Tovacito thinks of of you, and um, and and in a world that that places so much value on how many likes a picture on Instagram gets, it's a really hard thing to keep in check. Right, it's a really difficult thing to keep in check. So, if somebody wanted to learn more about how to manage their ego. Or how to, um, or what it even is, or how it impacts and influences who we are 
and how we live. Where would you where would you send them? Well, I love The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great book. That mm-hmm. was the first book of his that I read and I really liked it. So I would that's what I think I would recommend that people do. It start with a book by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or listen to some of his podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think that they're great. Mm-hmm. And I think that you'll get, start to develop an understanding of it. It's not complicated. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just it's it's an awareness of mm-hmm. being out of the now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the power of now is when the ego dissipates. It's really good. I've read it and and I th- I need to reread it. It's one of those books that you probably need on your on your side table, right? And just to kind of look back on every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, I've read it I think three times, and wow. I was just I I saw mine the other day when we decided to do this, and I thought oh I should pull that out again and read it. Because it's interesting. It's very good. It is so, I mean, to me, whenever I have read his books or I've ever listened to him, I think, wow, like this, his thinking and his way had to come from something and somewhere else because no person, no human could, could, has the, no human mind has the capacity to, to um, develop all of those ideas without it coming from oh, some, some super, something supernatural. Yeah, it's a spiritual truth. It really is yeah. a beautiful spiritual truth that I believe, especially because, I mean, and, and if you haven't read his book and you're listening to this, I mean, he was suicidal. Right. Like it, I mean, he wanted to die. And, uh, and, and I thought the most interesting part of that was he said that if, if there was a part of him that was looking at himself saying, you're not worth living than, than the the part of him that was looking at the person that wasn't live worth living. He needed to pay attention to to that part of him. Like who was saying that yeah. he wasn't worth being alive? That's the that's essence. the pain body. Yes, and that's the or the wounded child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So even in his own self, he was looking outside looking yeah. in. Yeah. It's so interesting. It well, really is. Thank you. You're again welcome. So this much, was fun. Janice. I loved well, it. Thank you. And I'm, I can't wait for next time. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be amazing, whatever it is. It always is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome.